0: That's E-C-K-F-E-L-D-T dot com slash thrive.
2: Welcome, everyone. This is Thinking Outside the Bud. I'm Bruce Eckfeld. I'm your host and our guest today is Rob Mejia. He is adjunct professor at Stockton University. We're going to talk to him about the education in cannabis or education of cannabis in terms of how do we build kind of next generation of cannabis leaders in business and agriculture and social aspects of all this kind of the needs that we have in the cannabis industry to create, you know, educated, informed, highly intelligent folks that are going to help lead and guide the growth of the industry and Rob is is key to that. He is Working with universities, uh, with students on helping them learn about cannabis as part of that process. I think one of the really interesting things about the cannabis industry is because we've dealt with this federal legal issue for so long, is that we don't have kind of the normal, I'll I'll call it kind of the supply chain of professionals, you know, people that are learning about the plant, learning about the business, you know, as part of their educational process. Up until recently, we've been really reliant upon, you know, folks that have taken upon their own initiative to learn about this and try things and kind of. School of Hard Knocks. Hopefully we we can change some of that through the work that people like Rob are doing. So I'm excited to have this uh, conversation. We haven't covered the kind of the university education side of things too much on the program. So and I think that's sorely needed. So with that, Rob, welcome to the program.
3: Oh, thank you so much, Bruce. I'm delighted to be here and I'm delighted to be talking about cannabis education.
2: Yeah. Well thanks for coming on the show. I appreciate it. So let's learn a little bit about you first. Give us the backstory and you know your kind of professional journey that you've been on, how cannabis got involved, and then we'll talk about the work that you're doing. Give us give us a story.
3: Sure. So it started as it is with uh, probably a number of people with some medical concerns. Mm -hmm. Backing up just a little bit, I'm from Denver, Colorado, and I'm actually one of 13 kids, if you can believe that. Wow. So a few years ago, my older sister, Teresa, unfortunately got uterine cancer. She lived out in Cleveland, and uh, I am out in New Jersey, so I went out to go see her quite a bit. But unfortunately, she went from being a a healthy mid-50s woman who was on no pharma. She ate well. She jogged pretty much did all the right things. And then unfortunately when she got cancer, she was put on opioids for the very first oh. time and she got pretty confused and also she started to lose her appetite. Yeah. And when I saw that, my brothers and I kept asking, why is nobody offering her medical cannabis? Yeah. We know it's very effective with pain management and we also know that it helps to stimulate appetite. So unfortunately she passed pretty quickly so we never had oh. the opportunity to find out what it could have done with her. But that question really stuck with me and I thought, well, I still have 11 siblings I'm still here, my parents are still here, and if I'm ever in a situation again where I need to know whether medical cannabis could be effective for someone that I love, I would like to be knowledgeable about that. And so being kind of a curious and tenacious person, I really jumped into cannabis research and I started contacting a bunch of people who were in the industry, I read a stack of books, I watched a bunch of videos, I went to seminars, and I just really immersed myself in learning about cannabis. I personally found it fascinating and so i just kept going and going and that was really the start of the journey what i did find out is that there were so many people around me who didn't even have a baseline knowledge of cannabis or a cannabis 101 knowledge i thought you know what i do have a background in education i came from publishing and i think i should focus on cannabis education and so i devoted a couple of years to writing a couple cannabis books i wrote the essential cannabis book a field guide for the curious mm-hmm. and then i also wrote essential cannabis journal personal notes from the field and from there i launched a cannabis education company called our community harvest and then i also got an opportunity to start teaching at stockton university here in new jersey they were the first university to offer a minor in cannabis studies and so they offered me a position to teach the preparation for cannabis internship class which I happily took. And then I've also expanded my teaching responsibilities there. And I now teach the introduction to medical cannabis course. So those are most of the activities that I do in the cannabis education space.
2: And I'm curious why Stockton University, I mean, what's their their motivation to really focus on cannabis, introduce that as a program?
3: They were very smart. It actually started from their science department. And the science department just looked out into the world and said, wow, there are a lot of professional jobs that are out there in the cannabis industry. It is certainly going to grow. It's medicine. It's about health and wellness. And frankly, the students started asking about it as well because they saw a big industry and they wanted to become educated about it, see if they could find some opportunities. And so Stockton was brave enough and smart enough to say, this really hits a lot of what our students want. And it would be a good offering for our community as well. So we'll also start some continuing education courses.
2: And there just seems to be so much to learn about cannabis. Like, how do you break down the world of cannabis from an education point of view? Like, what's the taxonomy? What are the what's the structure that you've determined is really the way to teach this?
3: Well, there are a lot of ways to uh, get to the center, if you will. So there are a number of colleges that are starting to teach cannabis courses now. There's roughly about um, twenty across the United States, and then if you add in some of the continuing ed programs, then you're getting up into to 30, 40 maybe even 50 schools at this point. But there's two main ways that most colleges and universities go after cannabis education. One is to focus on the cultivation aspect. And so mm-hmm. there are a number of schools, including places like uh, Cornell and University of Connecticut, that really focus on cultivation and growing. And so they do cover botany, they cover taxonomy, genetics, but really the heart of their program is on growing the plant. And we really can't have anything else if we don't have the plant. So that definitely makes sense. Yeah. The other main way that other universities go about it is to really focus on the science. And so there's schools like Northern Michigan University and also Colorado State University in Pueblo. And what they do is they really focus on the science. And so they have students that have uh, backgrounds in biology, chemistry, botany. And then they do a lot of work in the labs. They do some testing, but they really focus on the science of the plant. What's different about Stockton is they actually went out and created a minor. What's interesting about that is I have students in my class who come from communications, health science, exercise science, public health, you name it. And the nice part is they can pursue that passion. They can pursue their major, but then it's informed and kind of flavored by this minor in cannabis studies that they receive, which is comprised of five classes. So the nice part is if I'm a communications major, I can go out into the world with my communication knowledge, but then I also know enough about cannabis that I can start in the cannabis industry right away and start to contribute to their communication strand.
2: Yeah, it's 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 like it's really this sort of combinatorial effect that becomes powerful. It's like, what do you add to, just what I find in general, it's like, every profession can apply to cannabis. <laughs> you just Because cannabis needs everything. They need lawyers, they need accountants, they need communication, they need scientists. They and so if you can kind of take that other domain expertise and then add the understanding and appreciation for cannabis in it, it's kind of these crazy, interesting combinations.
3: You're so right, Bruce. And one of the things that I do in my preparation for cannabis internship class is introduce students to the numerous opportunities and jobs that are available. I think most of the students come in and they do know that there is a cultivation or growing aspect to the business. They know there's a middle step, there's processing, there's creating edibles, testing, and then they also know there's a dispensary or retail part of the operation. But often what they don't know is how much back office goes into it and that there are things like cannabis photography and there's website design, there's dispensary design, there's people who set up security cameras. As you said, you can just go on and on and actually... I think it would be hard to find a job that would not somehow apply to cannabis. And so part of what we do in our internship class is to go over all the different opportunities. And then also, don't forget, there's a huge hemp industry. There's also a huge CBD industry. Mm -hmm. And eventually, there's going to be international opportunities once we legalize on a national basis. So we cover a a lot of ground in that class. But at the end of it, what's kind of nice is some students who came in and said, you know what? I thought I wanted to grow, but now I see that I also want to work in um, a different area and work on web design or something like that. So I think it's kind of nice to sort of open their eyes to the opportunities and to keep them excited about what is the most vibrant, interesting, fastest growing industry right now.
2: Yeah. What are the, I'm just curious from a university point of view and actually developing these curriculums, getting these programs up and running, what are the big challenges? I mean, i talked to a couple of folks that have been trying to work, you know, kind of cannabis in the university system in the last five, 10 years. And, I've just seen different sort of obstacles, you know, whether it's bureaucratic, whether it's funding, you know, whether it's you know getting things approved. What have you seen in terms of kind of the challenges that universities have had in terms of adopting and bringing in these kind of programs?
3: The challenges can be mountainous. I mean, it's amazing where they come from. One of the biggest challenges is that cannabis is technically federally illegal. Yeah. So you have to start with are we going to get funding? Is the government going to cut down our funding? Is the state going to threaten our funding? And that is a huge deal. So you do have to have faculty members and administration who are brave enough and who also check with a lot of the uh, local politicians and work with the government entities to make sure that it's not going to affect them. And also that's one of the nice things is that universities can focus on research which brings a lot to the to the uh, world and to the table. And that's one way to get things through. So you have obstacles such as funding. You also have to have a department that really is behind it, whether that's a science department or something else, because the faculty, has, to, you have to propose the courses. They have to get approved. You have to have the right people to teach them. There are just so many things that you have to set up in order to get cannabis classes, or in fact, any classes on the list that it's a... Um, it, it's a big challenge. I mean, one of the other things I should point out is usually at schools, if you offer a new class, somewhere some other class has to fall off the books. You don't usually just add on class after class oh, after class. Yeah. And so there's also that too. So you do look at other less popular classes or maybe industries that are, you know, sort of had their day and are moving on. So you, you just have a lot of moving pieces that you have to put together in order to make a run at a cannabis curriculum in a, in a uh, college.
2: Yeah. I'm curious, what did you have to, uh, what did you boot (laughs) when you you brought in cannabis?
3: (laughs) That is a good question. I actually don't know because Uh, the uh, program was set up before I got there by the science department, and I'm not sure how they negotiated things. They put it under the general studies department.
2: Got it. Yeah, uh, the department for departmentless <laughs> programs.
3: <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Well, well, the broadest department, so everybody is welcome here.
2: Yeah, no, I like it. And you know, tell me in terms of what are you actually teaching? I mean, I, you know, if, if I was a student going through, like, what do I learn? Like, what are what are the important things that from a from an education point of view that you cover for you know, and, and how do I choose as a student what to focus on when I'm looking at the cannabis?
3: We cover a lot of ground, but I would say if there are sort of three main principles that I try to introduce in my my class, and I am talking about the um, internship class at this point, the first one is to expand the students' overall cannabis knowledge. And so part of it is to introduce them to the myriad of opportunities in the cannabis industry, but then it's also to introduce them to international material, to what's happening in their state, to filling in some gaps in knowledge that they may have, So really, to make them as informed as possible, and then also give them tools to stay informed. And so I do give them a list of podcasts to listen to, such as this one. Mm -hmm, I also give them publications, magazines, books, documentaries. I give them people to follow on Twitter, just because I I want to impose on them that it's important to stay knowledgeable and up-to-date in the cannabis industry, especially as quickly as things can move sometimes. So the first one is really build up their knowledge.
2: I just want to emphasize that one because I, I certainly found, you know, as a professional in the space, everything that I learned six months ago is out of date. <laughs> so, so uh, you know, it, it, it has such a short half life when it comes to, you know, cannabis knowledge, just because, you know, the technology changes, businesses change, you know, the way the processes are working, you know, it's a very quick moving industry. So I think I can't underscore that one strongly enough.
3: Sure. So that, that's where we start. And then the second principle is really to build up a community because I do tell them when you're in this class, look around. The people that you're seeing around you, those are going to be your bosses, your co-workers, your collaborators, people who can give you connections to places that they're going to work. I'm going to be a connection for you. So let's learn how to network and let's learn how to build up a community that's a vibrant cannabis community in our classroom where we can actually tap into the expertise and connections of people who are around us. So that's the other thing that I try to build up. But I do bring in guest speakers, people from the industry and make them part of our community too, because that's where we'll be going for our internships and possibly for our jobs down the road. So you go from knowledge to building community. And then the third principle is practical skills. So we actually work on things like how to write a cover letter, how to put together your resume, how to look at job sites, Mm -hmm. how to network otherwise, how to pick up a phone and talk to somebody. But really, it's a lot of practical skills. And I I am surprised. I have some students who have either only had one job or maybe have never had employment before. So there's some basics of of, uh, being a good employee that we have to work on. And then there's some other people who have worked their entire lifetime and they're just looking for their next step. But we do work on some uh, practical skills as well. So those are kind of the three principles knowledge, community, practical skills.
2: Yeah, I always, having been an employer many times, <laughs> <and> run, <laughs> run, you know, both as a kind of manager and as a CEO, I always had this vision of having some kind of like professional finishing school. <laughs> it's like after, after you graduate <laughs> your degree, I want you to spend like three months going through like, like how to show up on time, like just like all the things that I think if you've been a professional for, you know, five, ten years, you kinda of take for granted, but you just appreciate, look, like if you've never had a job before, you're kind of coming out of college, you just you don't know. And it's nothing against the individuals. It's just they haven't had kind of the someone actually sort of sit down and talk about like how to show up with the meeting with a notebook and like all, all the kind of little things that as a professional with the way the professional world works versus school, that would be great. So if you can come up with a finishing school, that would be amazing. <laughs>
3: <laughs> well, I think- I think we're partway there because yeah. the practical skills kind of do work on the finishing part of it and we'll continue to do those kind of things.
2: Yeah. I'm curious if you cover how you cover kind of what you cover in terms of the kind of the social, kind of history, political side of cannabis, just because I find that one of the things that makes cannabis such a different and unique industry is that it has such I guess i will call it rich but it's also um, you know complicated and historic kind of legacy that you know there's everything to do with social justice and obviously you know highly impacted by race and economic class and all this kind of stuff but what how do you do you cover that how do you cover that because I, I just find it's it is part of the industry like it just it is part of what you need to know about cannabis to get in the industry but it's also like a whole nother I mean it, it would be like a history class
3: <laughs> how do you deal with that it is and that actually we start with our our very first couple classes do focus on history, because I think it's so important that the students know where we've been and where we're going. So we actually cover international history, and Mm -hmm. then we also cover domestic history, and we focus in particular on what's happened in New Jersey. And we do go through it in a fairly significant manner, and we also talk always about uh, social, racial and economic equity and justice. We talk about the prison system. We talk about people of color who've been targeted by the police, Mm -hmm. all of that. And so we do start with a baseline. And I do tell them, if you're in the cannabis industry, first of all, you're in the compliance industry. Mm -hmm. And also you're an advocate, whether you like to think of yourself that way or not. You can be a small advocate that maybe just talks amongst your friends and family Mm -hmm. or goes out and does a good job in cannabis. And that's advocacy. Or you can be more vocal and you can get involved in organizations, seminars, contact government officials, but that's one thing that's important and you should know why you're advocating. And one of the reasons you're advocating is for social and racial equality. Mm -hmm. We also go over those topics pretty much on a weekly basis. We always have a unit that starts the class called This Week in Cannabis. And what we do is we go over what happened that week on an international stage, and then we go to what happened domestically, we go to what happened in New Jersey, and then I also tell them what what I did during my week, because if I have connections or something significant happened, I can pass that along to them as well. Mm -hmm. So even though history could be and, and should be a whole separate cannabis topic and subject, as could social equity, I do build that into the class initially, and then we revisit that topic on a regular basis throughout the entire class.
2: No, good. I think it's one of the things I've learned to appreciate as a professional. You know, certainly as a kind of a before getting to cannabis, I was aware of some of these things, but it wasn't until I really got involved in cannabis that I appreciated sort of the depth and the complexity and the importance and how it's really seeped into everything about what we do in cannabis, you know, is impacted by and, and needs to respond to kind of this legacy that we have. Tell me a little bit about, in terms of how you see people going from the Kind of the program being educated, you know, learning this stuff to actually entering into sort of the job market or into the industry. Where have you seen that working? You know, how have people been finding jobs? What's been the path and kind of the experience sort of post graduation for folks in terms of actually entering the industry?
3: Sure. Well, the program is fairly new. And so this year we had our first six graduates. And, uh, and of those six graduates, three already found employment in the cannabis industry, mm-hmm. and the other three are still actively looking. The interesting thing about New Jersey is that our cannabis industry is in its infancy. We only have right now a total of 18 licenses that have been granted. Mm-hmm. We only have 11 dispensaries that are up and running. We have a population of 9 million. We're going to be granting 24 licenses relatively soon once once an issue gets out of the court. And then it looks like New Jersey is going to be voting for adult use mm-hmm. in November, and that looks pretty positive. And so that will open the industry up quite a bit. But to answer your question, right now the students have some very specific targets because there's only a few companies that are out there that have jobs that are up and running. But I've made connections with pretty much all of them. And so they know that we have a, a cannabis studies program. They know we have cannabis minors. We know that we have graduates who are coming out who are qualified and knowledgeable. And so I've connected them with the 11 companies that I had referred to before. And that's really where they start. And then I did have a couple students who looked at the hemp industry, which is also just getting going. We only have about, oh, probably about 14 companies that are registered to grow hemp right now. And that information is on the New Jersey agriculture page. You can mm-hmm. see who the companies are. And then we have a few CBD companies too. And I had one student who was pursuing that entity. So to backtrack just a moment, what we also do in the class is we built up a spreadsheet of who the employers are in New Jersey, so we set up a landscape, and we set it up by where's the cultivation, where's the processing, who are the labs, who's working in hemp, who's a dispensary owner, and we have all that stuff available in a spreadsheet that we build and we update throughout the semester. So the nice part is at the end of the semester, students take a look, and if they want to work in a dispensary, there's the list. They know who I have connections to, and and they go after the jobs that way.
2: Yeah, that's great. I mean, I think that um, you know the fact that you can kind of provide that map given them resources. And what's the, I guess, what's the industry response for the companies that you're talking to? I guess, what is their sort of opinion of the program, of the people that are coming out of it so far? What kind of response are you getting from industry on this?
3: They are very enthusiastic. I have a number of people who like to speak to the class. It also helps them too. I mean, if you're in the cannabis industry, you want legitimacy, you want respect, one of great way to do that is to engage with college students who are devoting their time and expertise to working in the cannabis industry and to also connecting yourself with a university. So I do find that I get guest speakers readily. And then also, once they know they have a, a trained, motivated workforce, of course you want to tap into that. Otherwise, that's what you said—you have people who are coming in off the street, and they've some have done their own education, or some just think it's a, a cool industry to get into. But here you have a trained, motivated workforce, and so of course you would want to engage with them.
2: Yeah, and uh, I know you're focused on really helping develop the New Jersey cannabis market. How are you? Are you finding other kind of collaboration, either educationally or from the industry point of view, and in? in Adjacent markets, you know, and I know Pennsylvania has several licensees, the New York market. How are you collaborating, integrating with some of these other local industries?
3: Well, because we are such a densely populated state and we are so close and connected to New York, Connecticut, Delaware, Pennsylvania, that I do find that it's been relatively easy to get connections in those markets too. And so we do have a number of companies in New York, in Pennsylvania, Maryland, other locations that do have internships that are available, and mostly those are remote internships. And so the students are actually given projects. So there might be a marketing project that lasts through the semester, for example, and that they complete that with a supervisor, and then there's a kind of a report at the end. And so to your point, depending on where the students are from, and most of the students I have are are New Jersey, and they do want to stay in New Jersey. And so that's where I focus most of my efforts. But I do have some kids from New York, and I have some from Pennsylvania and other, other states. And so I do try to find them opportunities in areas where they think they might return to. And then also personally, I am very intrigued by what's happening on the international stage. And so I've reached out to universities in Jamaica that have cannabis programs, Mexico and Colombia. And it looks like this upcoming semester, I'm going to be doing a project with a university in Mexico, because strangely, what's happening in Mexico is paralleling what's happening in New Jersey on the cannabis front fairly closely. We both have a fledgling medical program. Mm-hmm. Mexico is putting in legislation by December 15th to legalize adult use, Mm -hmm. and New Jersey is voting on adult use in November. And so we have a lot of interesting parallels. So I'm seeing a great compare and contrast project coming up, and uh, I can't wait to connect with um, a university professor in Mexico and figure out how we're going to connect the students and what kind of project we're going to do. So I'm, I'm looking at international opportunities, too. And selfishly, at some point, I think I might, my family might want to move somewhere internationally. Mm-hmm. And I would like to have some kind of cannabis opportunity there myself.
2: Yeah, yeah. I'm curious what other countries. Uh, I, we had um, We had someone on the program a little while ago on the Mexican market. And I know they've got all sorts of complexities in terms of how the legislation is being written. And now the COVID has kind of complicated it. And I think <laughs> they keep pushing it off. I don't know. We'll see when they actually get it written. What other some of markets that have, are interesting to you on an international level from a cannabis point of view?
3: Well the, the European market with what Germany is doing, they are they are the only country right now. Well, I'll clarify that in a second. Germany actually allows insurance to cover medical cannabis. Mm-hmm and that is a gigantic development. Israel kind of does the same thing. Their program's a little different. They actually put a cap on how much cannabis costs, and they are the hotbed of research. So personally, the countries that I look at that I'm kind of fascinated with, other than the three I mentioned earlier, would be uh, Israel, Germany, and then uh, there's always interesting countries, like Thailand, for example, where they are starting a program where they might be able to involve all the small farmers who are now growing rice and transition over to a, a vibrant cannabis market. And they're doing that for equity reasons. And so I find those kind of things interesting as well. So I, I do have my favorite, oh, let's say like, you know, eight to ten countries that I that I follow pretty closely. Mm-hmm. But then also there's always something interesting happening in somewhere that you don't even expect.
2: Yeah, things kind of pop up. <laughs> People, they do. countries that all of a sudden decide they're going to pass something or you know legislate something interesting. How do you compare kind of the cannabis industry to some of the other kind of industries that have these strong kind of university programs? Um, how do you see this playing out? I mean, is cannabis going to be kind of this add-on to other programs? Is it going to become its own program? And if you look at kind of the educational domain, where where do you see this? you know, kind of growing over the next five, 10 years.
3: It feels like it should become its own department at some point. And it feels like there will be an opportunity for more majors, I believe. Part of the reason is that there is such growth in the cannabis industry right now, it is the fastest growing industry. And depending on what state you're in, you could see employment growing by 15% or even higher. If you're in Illinois right now, for example, they're putting in a, a very vibrant adult use program. And so their job market is booming. And you're seeing the colleges there starting to offer a number of programs. They've actually been given grants by the state And so, some of the colleges are specializing in real niche but great opportunity. So, a company called—I mean, sorry—a college called Olive Harvey, for example, is working on logistics and delivery. And certainly, at some point, that's going to be a big deal. You can imagine, if and when we legalize nationally, that if you're a grower in some place like Illinois or New Jersey. Your prices are so far beyond the California, Oregon, Washington, Colorado, so you're going to start importing. If you're importing, you're going to need to store, you're going to need to test, you're going to need logistics, delivery, all that. And so I think it's kind of a smart thing to look at um, what kind of opportunities are going to arise in the cannabis industry and to align your college with those opportunities. So to your answer, I think it's just going to grow at pretty much every school in every state where cannabis is blooming.
2: Yeah, no, it makes sense. This has been a pleasure. Rob, if people want to find out more about you, about the programs you're doing at Stockton, about you know general questions people have around cannabis education in the university systems, what's the best way to contact you, get that information?
3: One nice thing they can do is if they want to take continuing education courses on cannabis and come out with a cannabis certificate, Stockton University does offer that. So if they go to Stockton University, go to the continuing ed department, Look up cannabis certificate. You will see a suite of six classes you can take, and you can take one, two, all the way up to six. And if you do take the six, you do get a certificate and you'll be very knowledgeable. So that's one thing that one way you can engage with cannabis education. And you do not have to be a full-time student at Stockton or even a part-time student. And the other thing that they may want to do is contact or look at my website, which is rcommunityharvest.com. And my email is rob at And certainly I welcome... Uh, engagement if there's companies out there that need good interns you know i've got it and uh, so i'd welcome your contact
2: excellent i will make sure that your contact information the links that you give are in the show notes here so people can click through and get that rob this but a pleasure thank you so much for taking the time today great conversation you know i think it's it's just a, a sorely needed part of this industry and i really appreciate the work that you're doing
3: well thank you so much and i appreciate the work that you're doing as well we'll get the cannabis education message out there